On to the next recording. All right, so what do you say, Oji Abaji? Oji Abaji. Yeah, sorry, the recording got paused on voicemails, but Jake, yeah, Oji Abaji. What do you do? I don't know, I randomly paused. Too much storage space. Yeah, that guy's good. Be careful of Christian Brown. i get to him in a second. All right, so now five players. You people. Braun? It's Brown, but it's pronounced Braun like an asshole. All right, five players people need to know about, Jake. I mean, I you mentioned... You told me three players. All right, do three. I, I don't know why I wrote five. You texted me three. Scared the shit out. All right, what's your three? I mean, what's your one? Number one. This team might get in on a bid. They might be a first four team. I don't know. Reasoning. One way or the other. But um, I am very interested to see Brady Manick yeah. in the tournament. He looks like Larry Bird. In the tournament. Um, so three players to know about. One you're going to need to know about is Brady Manick. If UNC is going to go anywhere, Brady Manick is going to be scoring over 20 points a game for them. And and he's been doing it. I mean, he's not that bad. But he's going to have to take it to another level. He, he's a big that can shoot the ball. He can get aggressive down low. I got to see all of it from him. And I think he's got it. If they want to win some games in this tournament. JP asked my reasoning why I had Seton Hall as my Elite Eight team. They play hard. Yeah, they play hard. They play with toughness. They play with grit, determination, integrity. They definitely do. No, but the main reason why I really like their guards, I like I like Roden. I like Richmond. I like the their depth off the bench. They play about nine or ten guys. They can they got more experience than a lot of other teams that they're gonna go against. And they're playing in one of the best conferences in the country country right now. And they played some good games against Providence, Villanova, Xavier. They've beaten a couple of those teams, and I think they'll be ready for the moment. Again, I mean, they, they could be out early, but my dark horse to get to the Elite Eight with the right draw, I think the Pirates can do it. Mm. Um, number one player people need to know about, this is a guy on, you know what, I'm going to say it right now. This is the hottest team in college basketball right now. They're the hottest team in the country. They've won 13 of the last 14 games. At one point during the season, they lost five of six, but the best player on the hottest team in the country right now J.D. Note of the Arkansas Razorbacks has been putting on an absolute clinic lately. Transferred from East Tennessee State. He was a six-man on the Elite Eight team from last year. He's a starter this year. He leads them in scoring, averaging almost 20 a game. He's one of the best defenders in the country. The main reason why Arkansas is beating teams like t- Tennessee, Auburn, Kentucky, J.T. Note and the Arkansas Razorbacks are red hot right now. And this dude is putting on an absolute show in the SEC lately. Great pick. Um, number two for me, we already kind of mentioned it. Jake said Ochiabaji. Christian Brown, to me, is the X factor on Kansas. Yeah, it's spelled Braun. It's B-R-A-U-N, but they call him Brown. Ochiabaji and Christian Braun, Brown, one of the best backcourts in the country. And I think you're, you know what you're going to get from Ochiabaji usually on a day-to-day basis. But Christian Brown, if about he— night to night. Same shit. If he gets his game going, they can form one of the better one-two punches in the country. So he's number two for me. Absolutely. Number two for me— This guy, I have pretty high expectations for him when it comes to the tournament. And it's because of what happened to them last year. I'm looking for EJ Liddell to have a very, very solid tournament run. He already averages like 19 points a game, which is great. But going down to Oral Roberts last year had to have... That that's never gonna leave their minds, and yeah, definitely not. And they they I would imagine Ohio State is determined to to go on some kind of stretch run, and they probably think they can go all the way. I don't know. I don't think they can, but it's gonna fall on EJ Liddell to to be the driver there, and and I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, number three for me, another guy that I really like. I believe Jake mentioned him on a prior show, but 
Usually you don't mention backup point guards in college basketball, but when Tennessee has good guards like they have, Zakai Ziegler to me is a huge piece on the mm-hmm. Tennessee Volunteers this season. You have a first-round draft pick starting. That's the reason why he doesn't start. But Zakai Ziegler off the bench, and they play together sometimes too. He's scary. He's a great player. He's a person to know about, and he's one of the main reasons why Tennessee's playing so well so far this season. So, Jake, you only did three, correct? Yeah, I'm on to my third, unless you want to do another. Um, no, I would just tell the extras at the end. So I've talked about this guy before. Um, I'm a big fan. I think he's underrated. I think when it comes to his team, he's even underrated. But he's going to be huge, and and not just in stature. Um, but I got Mark Williams here. It, it, I just keep thinking he flies under the radar, but he can completely take over a game. It seems like you know Justin's talking about Griffin, and you know everybody else is talking about Paolo, but. Mark Williams is is a beast. He's a bad man. He's a bad man. He's gonna he's gonna out rebound you. He's gonna he's gonna bully you down low. He's got some good post moves. He he seems to be in the right place at the right time. And I'm I'm a big fan. I think if he if he's playing at a, at a level gets his head out of his ass. Yeah, if, if he's playing at like his highest level, there isn't a team that can stop Duke. Yeah, I agree. All right, then number four and five. I just added some add-ons at the end. Some guys you might need to know about real quickly. Arizona's really good, and I feel like they kind of fly under the radar sometimes. Because they're like a unit. They don't have like a guy that just takes over. The Grayson Allen of college basketball right now is the point guard of Arizona. That's Kirk Creasa. He, In my opinion, he's not that good. He wears the headband. He thinks he's the shit. Probably my, my most hated player in college basketball right now is the starting point guard in Arizona, Kirk Creasa. Watch him tonight at 11 o'clock. You'll turn on the TV and want to turn it off because he looks like such an asshole. Nice. But this guy is the X factor for the Arizona. When he plays well... They play well. When he plays poorly, they look horrible. And in the tournament, point guard plays important. So Kirk Creasa, huge piece to monitor down for the Arizona Wildcats. Number five for me, Colorado State's a team kind of flying under the radar right now. They're having one of their best seasons to date. David Roddy is playing like an All-American. And when you think about Colorado State, the reason why they're so good, David Rockin' Roddy is the reason why the Colorado State Rams are where they are right now. The guy scores. The guy rebounds. He's a great penetrator, defense, high school quarterback. He was amazing as a quarterback in high school. And he, David Roddy is a guy to know about. I'm telling you, Jake, when you're filling out that bracket, looking down below, Colorado State against whoever they're playing, David Roddy will be like, man, I think i got to pick the Rams to go into the second round. But we'll save they're that for probably going to be a double-digit seed. So we'll see. An extra guy, by the way, I, I put him in parentheses. They, Gra- that Graham could be a good 12-5 game. Yeah, it could be. And David Roddy might carry the Colorado State Rams into the next round. Graham E.K. is another guy to know about in that conference for the Wyoming Cowboys. They're good right now. Kind of reminds me of Kawhi Leonard. You should see how big this guy's hand is. All right. Wow. Let's get to a little Q&A with the one and only, the all-brand standout from back in the day, Stand- the red-headed tiger, Jake Platter. Standout. So we might not do the Bruins and Celtics tonight because we're turning this into a, a great show as it is, but... But, Jake, it was a nice career for you at Alvarim, so I said, you know what, we got to get some soccer into the show. Mm. For any of you listening, Eastern Massachusetts native, he moved. He lives in, where are we, Weymouth right now? Jake, so what did you play, four years at Alvarim? Yeah. Three. You did? I played four. <laughs> I played four years. I feel like we got a celebrity start, on the show. Start to finish, I played four years, always soccer. So I got a couple questions. I was just kind of curious to what your brain was operating down My when brain, you played. It operates at a very low level, I'll warn you. So I know you guys had some great years over there. It's a great soccer team. But speaking of games, we talk about games on the show a lot. What was the most memorable game that you ever played in at all of Rams? And we're not talking about Senior Rec. 
That's tough. That's tough. Well, I I I won't lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was I was not the the best player. So there there are a few moments that you know stick out to me. Um, it's all about the team. It is all about the team. That's exactly right, Justin. It's all about the team. Um, but my 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 senior year um, up up at the varsity level was was a lot of fun when I when I got my opportunities. There were a few games where I got I got an extended run, which was which was fun. That's always fun. On our on our senior night, um, we we played Sharon. Um, Sharon. One of our biggest rivals. That was that was a great game. Um, I got in early. I got in often, and uh, I, I, you know, our defense was very important. So they they didn't want to put me there because I suck. So they they put me up at, at left wing on offense. It's like the opposite Damn. of where I normally play. But the the other team had this real good defender. They I get the ball downfield. He starts coming right at me. I give him a little move and I nutmeg him. I put wow. it. I put it right through his legs. Kid didn't know where he was. And then I sent the ball right in. And of course, our best player, uh, one of them, Keegan Nutty, totally blew it. Didn't score when I gave him a perfect ball. So, I well that wasn't my fault. So, so that was the most memorable game. That was that was definitely one of them. We had a great game against Milford too, where I I completely dominated the field and and my teammates came up short of of putting me on the stat sheet. So. You know who you are. I won't. I won't name any more names. But my my numbers could be better. Who is the uh, Who is the toughest player you ever played against? Me personally. You know. You know these guys' name. Their names. Specifically? I mean. I. Yeah. I was mean, there I, one guy you like? You're just not going to stop this guy. Well, we had we had a we had a player we we hated as a team for sure. Um, Foxborough gave us the best run. Um, they they really. They were very fast. That that's what it was. They were just so fast. And there was this kid, um, I forget his first name, but his last name was Teixeira, Uh If you're listening, oh, actually, I'm not. Even if you're listening, he was like uh, a Hockamuck All Conference. Yeah, player. he was like a ho- yeah, he was a great Hockamuck player. Um, and we we keyed in on him. That was our that was our game plan going into the game. Stop Teixeira, Don't let him run down the field. Don't give him breakaways. Blah, He's blah, on the Revolution now. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. Um, but he he was great. Um, and he, I, I remember a lot of very tight contests where, where, you know, game saving plays were made because this guy was just, you know, our kryptonite, but they didn't beat us. So, well, speaking of Foxborough, what was the best team you ever played? Was it Foxborough? No, no. Um, <laughs> not to like shit on <laughs> Foxborough, but they, they were the, the, the best like regular season team we had to play. Um, for sure. But we made a lot of deep runs into into the the playoffs. So oh, yeah, you guys had some. Uh, I would I would say that the game with the, the Nam or something. No, we, well we played Maskinomit when we won the state championship, but we kind of took care of them. It wasn't it, that we won three nothing on that game. So yeah, I, I think the the hardest team we've ever had to play was Concord Carlisle. Jeez. That was our junior year, my junior year. When we made the state championship, we played Conquer Carlisle. Um, lost. lost we lost the game one nothing, um, and they their center defenseman was a division. He ended up being a division one college level wow. athlete. Um, he he got offers from like Duke and I I forget where else, but he 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 took it to another. I think he actually ended up going to Bryant. Did he really? um, but he 
yeah, he, he was on another level. Um, the team was fantastic. They were just bigger, stronger. We were we were definitely the Cinderella that, that made it all the way to the big game and, and just came up short, but it, it, we needed it for the next year. So that the, Conquer Carlisle, CC, they were, they were definitely the hardest team we had to play. Were there any um, specific players that inspired you growing up? Like, like the Taylor Twelmans, the Charlie Josephs, the, the David Beckhams? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as, as some people know, I, I love defense. My, my game is defense. And one player that I was a particularly large fan of was Marcus Vincent Company. Uh, of of Man City, Vincent Company. Yeah, Manchester City, Vincent Company. Um, at the time, probably like a top three or four defender in the world. Um, you know, short of like Sergio Ramos. Damn. But this guy had had great instinct. He was very good offensively for a defensive player. Um, and I I always you know was inspired by that. Not that I was that good at offense, but I. You know, I, I always felt, well, you know, if, if, you know, if it's possible like that, I can try and take my game to a level where I can be everywhere on the field and I can contribute in all aspects. So I really was a big fan of him. Great, great header out of that guy. Yeah, I've heard so of that guy before. I, I would have, I would have really liked to have played at a higher level like him, but just to be inspired by him was enough. All right, a couple more than this guy got to go to bed. Um, this, this I feel like a celebrity. Yeah. So speak. I know the atmosphere. I was at a couple of OA soccer games. I mean, it seemed like it was always different every game. But what was the atmosphere like at all Rams compared to other Hockamock fields? Did, oh. you, did you feel like you feel like you had an advantage there, where other fields are bigger? Like, what was that's, what was going on? That's a good on? question. Um, it's very like game dependent. Um, like I, you know, like if you're talking about our like senior night. Uh, yeah, we had we had a great crowd. If you're talking about yeah, it, even even at our you know playoff games, I feel like the crowd was more geared towards us. The, yeah. Our our fans traveled for sure, um, but just you know regular season game at OA versus somewhere else, um, pretty much the same. The crowd, no offense to the OA crowd at, at our regular season games, but it was almost a non-factor um, for you know for or against. I, I think that, you know, we, we won games based on, you know, yeah, like out-preparing and out-performing. Uh, it wasn't so much that the other team was intimidated by our crowd or anything. But for the big games, our fans absolutely showed up more than the other team, and I, and I appreciate it very much. Who is the best player on all of Rams you ever played with? I know there are good ones. Um, if you had to pick one. I think a lot of people would agree with what I'm about to say. I think even the best players on our team would agree with what I'm going to say. Um... We we won the the state championship my senior year of high school. The best player on our team was a sophomore, Nathaniel Cardoza. Wow, really? Um, yeah, he is, he is and was and still is the the best player I've ever shared the field with. Did he play um, after? Yeah, he he played UMass. He played UMass. He did. Yeah, he played UMass soccer. That's division. That's like real deal division one. Wow. College soccer. Um. And, you know, Ramiro was incredible, and Keganut, incredible. Max Bamford, wonderful defender. Um, definitely the best I've played with as far as that goes. Um, a lot, a lot of great players on our team. Um, and, you know, obviously, like, I didn't – he was older than me. He was a senior when I was a freshman, but we – you know, he was on the show. Dave McKinnon was, like, an All-American oh, player. Oh, D-Mac must have been awesome. He was an All-American player, and I've, I've played with him before, just not – 
we didn't really play together when I played for OA. Oh yeah. Um, but as far as like when we when the team was at its best, Nathaniel Cardoza is the best soccer player I've ever shared the field with. Last question. We're gonna get some NFL stuff at the end, then we'll get you out of here. Well, he's staying in here. Is there anything you changed from your time playing soccer at all Rams? That's another good question. Um, well, I don't want to. I don't want to. Putting your name in the transfer portal. Yeah, I put my name in the transfer portal. Um, I I wouldn't want to shake up a good thing. You know, we made we made a state championship and we we won one. We made two and won one. Um, and you know you, you don't get much better than that. Our senior year, we were undefeated. Wow. Um, I I guess I I wish I just trained harder. Um, you know there. Any any time you come up short in in something and feel you could have done a little more, you you wish you you did it. So, I would have liked to have you know utilized my off seasons more, um, yeah. come back stronger, better, and you know, show my worth. Win another a, a title, little bit more. Yeah, maybe we would have won another one. Who knows? I mean, yeah, it was interesting. I went to some of the games, but it was definitely cool seeing back to back. Like that never happens. I feel like especially in the Hockamock. Yeah, right. I mean, maybe we were, we were the first uh, boys team to win for the school. Who's the first? Oh yeah! Wow, that's crazy. He's done a great job. First coaching. and only. What's his name? Um, John Barab. Yeah, is he still there? Yes. He done. He did a great job with that program. He completely turned it around. It seemed like. Oh, for sure. But yeah, shout out to John Barab. Turned it from nothing to everything. So congratulations to OA Soccer. All right, NFL. There's not much going on right now. Thanks for having me on. Oh, a pleasure. A pleasure. See you. <laughs> All right. So last thing, real quickly. It's gonna start getting busy again in the NFL offseason because in two weeks it's gonna be that day where. Teams can go to different teams. Trades can happen. Teams can go to different teams. Anything can happen. Players can go to teams. They can go to players. They can go to agents. Jake. Yes. Three bold predictions that you think could happen in the offseason. You're going to look like the smartest person in all of Weymouth if they actually happen. I bet all three of them happen. What's number one or in any order? Okay. My first bold prediction of the offseason. These could happen. These very much could happen. Number one. Saquon Barkley will be traded. Yeah, he needs to get out of there. Saquon Barkley will be traded away from the Giants, probably for draft capital or offensive line talent. Um, I think he's gone. Yeah, I think he is going to be gone too, and it just really never worked out there for him, from injuries to personal shit. I mean, he's owed about $7 million, which is pretty middle of the pack for a running back. A team would have to want to take on his injury risk, but... The, the the upside is there. If you protect him and, and you know turn him into a part of your offense instead of the whole offense, I think he is a, a huge piece, a, a monstrous piece. Number one for me involves a quarterback getting traded from the NFC to the AFC. San Francisco has made it clear that they want Trey Lance. They think Trey Lance is going to be the starter week one. Is it going to happen? It seems like it's 50-50 right now. But if they want Trey Lance, I mean Jimmy G is going to have to be going somewhere else. My bold prediction in the offseason, Jimmy G gets traded from the San Francisco 49ers to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Whoa. Um, Jimmy G traded to Pittsburgh I'm gonna, starting week one in I'm, Pittsburgh. I'm going to come right in and say I think there's a chance he gets traded, but I think more likely than not he doesn't get traded. If he does, where do you think he goes? You want my real answer? Yeah. Houston. Ooh. See you later, Jimmy G. Houston. Um, I guess that ties into one of my predictions. Number two is a quarterback? It was actually my third, but actually, well, my second and third involved quarterbacks. 
but it was actually my third. Um, I predict that Deshaun Watson will be traded over the offseason. Whoa. Uh, yeah, not, not too crazy, but I made it a little more uh, interesting. I listed three teams. He will be traded to one of these three teams. Uh-oh. The Miami Dolphins. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Or, this one's the, the dark horse. Patriots. The San Francisco 49ers. Wow. That'd be nuts. I could see Garoppolo getting sent there for, for Watson. That'd be crazy. That'd be a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. All right, so I went with a quarterback. I had three different position groups. So number two for me, we're going to the wide receivers. I'm not saying that this guy will end up with this team, but you will listen to me and hear what I think. Devontae Adams will be in the AFC when the next season starts. And I'm not saying he's going here, but the Jacksonville Jaguars will throw the bag at him. Oh, my God. They want a number one receiver for Trevor Lawrence. If he's the real deal, he's probably going to need someone. And if you're Jacksonville, you have I'm, so much I'm cap space. I'm shaking my head here, man. Jacksonville is throwing the bag at Devontae Adams this offseason. I don't think they have a big enough bag to throw at him. I think they could cut everyone on the roster, free up the entire the entire salary cap, and offer it to him, and he'd still say no. You think you think that'd be a good fit for him? No. I mean, he'd get all the targets. So? Yeah. No, would. I don't think it'd be a good fit for him. I think any team he'd be on otherwise would be a better fit for him. I think the Jaguars suck. I think their offensive line is trash. I think Trevor Lawrence isn't ready to play in the NFL. And I don't think getting Devontae Adams would help him, help him as much as you think. What if he gets him and he can't even get him, get him the ball? He had decent receivers last year. Yeah. And he, like, Marvin Jones was good. Um, they got to draft the offensive line. He had LaVisca Chenault, who was, like, a good slot guy. There was another guy in there, too, that was having a good year. Um, they lost Chark for the season. Yeah, they had Chark. So I don't think adding Devontae Adams really does anything there. Um I'm going to counteract what you say and, and say that Devontae Adams is going to be a Packer next year, no doubt. Um, that's not a bold prediction. That's just I, I'm disregarding what you said and saying Adams will be a Packer. What if Rodgers isn't? Less likely, but I still think Adams will be a Packer. I want to see him go somewhere else. You want my third bold prediction? To involve the Patriots? Nope. I didn't do any involving the Patriots. Who's involved? It involves... The Philadelphia Eagles. Wow. I'm going to say, come time for the NFL draft, in the first two rounds of the draft, the Eagles will take a quarterback. Wow. Yeah, I think they probably will. I like Hurts, though. I also like Hurts, but I think the Eagles... Either light a fire under him or try and move on. And I, I think they draft a quarterback early. Number three for me involves the New England Patriots. and involves the cornerback position. J.C. Jackson remains in New England while the Patriots draft a cornerback in the first round. Sounds wacky. I don't but, think it sounds wacky. But the Patriots, it's a deep cornerback draft. And if there's not a position, they definitely know there's going to be like a, a number one wide receiver at their spot. Well, They're you, towards you the back what, of the uh, draft. You heard what Jackson said. He wants money. He said, if they put the tag on me, I'll play. Yeah, I think, I think he remains in New England. Patriots draft the cornerback in the first round. They're going to try to make that secondary what it used to be. And oh, yeah. You need a good secondary in the NFL in today's age, especially with all the quarterback, quarterbacks in the AFC. But Completely agree. We'll get to some more stuff next week involving the Bruins and Celtics. We haven't talked about that too much this week or this show. 
But we get some some big games happening right now, I should say. So let's get to it, Jake. 79 weeks. That means next week is week 80. We're almost going to be at 100. But yeah, almost um, a year and a half. And next week we might have we might have something special hanging behind. We us. actually are. Last week was a year and a half. That's crazy. We've been doing this show so long. I'm getting gray. My shirt's gray. Thomas is when gray. When the show started, it was black. We're gonna get you the fat head. 2022 March Madness tournament. We'll be back next week and show it off to you guys. But did I not answer anyone? Thanks for all the comments. Thanks for the likes. Thanks for the reactions. Message Justin for the password. Yeah, the password and. We'll be back next week with all the information upon that. Thank you, and have a phenomenal night. He said, welcome to week 79, all the balls. Sorry for the technical difficulties here. Jake fixed it, and we are ready to go. I fixed it. So we're live. Thanks for tuning in. I know the last video, I think I posted on Facebook. Don't watch it. We were just talking about, I don't even know what we were talking about, but we are talking about um, Kesha's camera crew. Yeah. Um, Nancy Drew... In your stupid, in the, in the cam, in the camera crew. All right, let's get to the show. So, Jake, it was a, it was a nice weekend. It was a long weekend. We went to the casino. We saw some games. It wasn't a long weekend. You, what's your overall thoughts on? You know what the first game we saw? We went to Brian Wagner. Then we went to the Providence Creating game. We went to a mid major game. Top two teams at the conference. It was a hell of a hell of a game. It was a pretty good game. You know, I I was thinking we may never see. Two teams win their conferences in person one after another ever again. Like, yeah, that's true. Like, we went from one game of a team winning, a home team winning their conference. We got to yeah. feel the crowd. In the same state. And, yeah, and then, we, and then we went to another game. Home team wins the conference. Feel it with the crowd. We got to act like we were from Rhode Island for a day. <laughs> that's a good observation. Um, yeah, I didn't even think I have that. another observation. What? It, it's... It's hard to see all the time when you watch these teams play each other because Bryant and Wagner, great game. Providence and um, and Creighton, not so much, but but you know higher end talent. The the spectrum. We kind of talked about this right. after after uh, the Providence game. The spectrum of Mandy talent. Said hi, Jake, not me. Hi, Mandy. The spe- hi, Sarah. The spectrum of talent across. Division one basketball is is insane. Um, you know, we we were in a what looked like a high school gym for Bryant. Smaller than all of Rams. Yeah, smaller than all of Rams. Watching Division one college basketball players, and not just Division one college basketball players, the two best teams in their conference, and the number one scoring player in the country. Sorry, Merrimack. The number one scoring player in the country in this tiny little gym, and then we go to Providence, where, I mean. It's ten times the size. Eighty percent of the guys on the court were probably better than Peter Kiss, who's the number yeah. one scoring player in the country. Um, we were talking about, you know, if he was on another team, what would he really be doing? Um, maybe like ten points a game. Instead, he's averaging yeah. twenty six on uh, on Bryant. So it was cool to see the, him. the The spectrum of talent is is wild to me. I mean, maybe there should be less Division one teams. Maybe they're, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, there's three hundred something. I mean, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's pretty crazy. So. Yeah, they were de- they were both great games. I mean, the first game was really good. The Bryant, we saw three of the four teams we saw are going to be tournament teams unless somebody other than Bryant or Wagner wins the Northeast, which probably is not going to happen. There's a chance that even if that happened, one of them could get a bid. No way in hell, but no way. Their resumes aren't good enough. But They didn't beat anyone good. But. Providence and Creighton are locks, and whoever, whoever wins that conference is obviously a lock. The first game was really good. It was really... You think Creighton's still a lock? Yeah, I do. They're... Their schedule, I mean, and they especially with, and with Nemhard, 
Yeah, but they didn't have their starting point guard for the first game. That's never easy. But it was a great game. The first game we went to was back and forth. We saw great players. Alex Morales for Wagner was good. Peter Kiss, Charles Pride was really impressive for Brian. Charles Pride was fantastic. The crowd for Brian, it was kind of cool being back in college again. We were right in the middle of the college kid crowd. Um, the hot dogs were pretty I good. Like that. The hot dogs, how was the pizza? Was the pizza good? Yeah, the pizza was solid. Hot dogs were good. The pizza was good. Then we, The yeah. cheerleaders were friendly. Yeah, they were. We, then we went to the Providence game, and yeah, Providence blew them out. Uh, it was a good... It was a good first half, but Providence showed why they're having one of their best seasons ever. And the real thing that stood out to me was at the end of the game on the video screen, they said, please, Providence, you can't rush the court. The students can't run on the court. And then please remain seated. Please remain seated. About 10 seconds later, the Dunkin' Donuts Center is filled with had college kids. people on the court. Drunk kids. Coach Ed Cooley had to tell people before Rich. not to rush the court. But it was awesome to see Providence, as much as I don't like them that much, win the Big East for the first time ever in their regular season. And tonight... I don't know if the game is finalized yet, but Jake, they played Villanova tonight. I think they lost. Did they end up losing? They yeah, played. They lost by only two. Yeah. So 76-74, Villanova won, but Providence playing without their starting point guard. Thank you. And for them to only lose by two points is extremely impressive after what they did on Saturday night. But overall, from those couple games, it was fun to see, like you said, two teams win on their home floor. they winning, winning their conference. Usually that doesn't even happen. Again, it hasn't happened with Providence at all. And we see two yep. teams do it in the same state on the same day. Yep. While we also another. went to the casino too. Yeah, we won three times. Yeah, so a lot of winning, a lot of eating, a lot of going to food courts. No, only one time. That was horrible, but that was so bad. <laughs> Don't go to the Providence Mall food court. Yeah, that wasn't pretty. That's for sure. But yeah, it was overall a good day. Definitely not pretty for Creighton. I mean, it was it was tough once again for them to. Really play competitively without the starting point guard, but it's going to be interesting to see what they can do in the tournament. And for Providence, it's just a lot of veterans, Jake. You you impressed by anyone specifically on the Friars? AJ Reeves was lighting it up from downtown. Yeah, he was he was on fire. Um, I think your boy uh, Watson was was dominating down low too. The sixth best big in all of college basketball. Yeah, so he, they say. He looked like he was the first on on Saturday night. No, yeah, he, he was good. But, but the veterans, the seniors. Honoring the seniors before both games was also was pretty cool. cool. I mean, you get to I mean, see. It was cooler in Providence, but yeah, because they actually do each one for at least thirty seconds. But it was a fun game to be at, seconds. and I'm very glad that we got to go to both of them. And we're going to be seeing all these teams in the tournament, except probably one of them. So maybe Jake thinks they're all going to be there. But either way, it was a fun atmosphere on both of the games. You like the Dunkin' Donuts Center? Yeah. It was Jake's first time? Well, not your first time. I get. Was it your first time? No, my first time seeing Providence. What's up, there? Anthony Allard? Um, yeah, you went for what, Barnum and Bailey's or something? The I've circus? seen the Providence Bruins. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you went to the circus. I've seen the Providence Bruins. But speaking of atmospheres, Jake, I know I know it was a great atmosphere at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. The What's it called? The Penniscal or whatever, where the Bryant plays. I forget the name. I've ranked these, just so you know. Let's go to the worst ones. Get the, the smelly, stinky ones out of the way. Jake, you've been to a lot of different games in your lifetime. Yep. I also have, too. But from three to one, I guess, what are the three worst atmospheres in your life 20, what, 24 years of living that you've been yes. to? Yes, good. That's my age. You want the number one worst or you want I think we should go three to one least let's worst? Let's go from worst. the bronze medal to the gold medal. How okay, bronze medal worst atmosphere I've been to. You're making me nervous. It's at Gillette Stadium, and it's for the New England Revolution. I was thinking about it. So, you know, it's... It's not that they, it's not that their fan base is so you know against the them, you know playing well. They they get kind of excited, but they only fill like one section, and then and the whole stadium is covered in a tarp. Yeah, it's behind the field goal post. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. 
I mean, no, they have the middle also. That never made but, any sense to me, those people that like to be over there. It's like you can't even see half of the field. Right. So, yeah, Revolution. New England Revolution. I mean, it's fun sometimes, but definitely a bronze medal on the uh, worst atmospheres I've been to. Oh, boy, and yeah, I don't want to even get started. I don't like soccer that much to begin with, but we'll, we'll actually be doing a Q&A, so stay, stay tuned in with Jake Plow and his Olive Rams ho- soccer career, not hockey. But, yeah, I've been to a couple of Revolution games. This is actually a pretty funny story. My dad, my dad likes to take me to all these games, and I'm like, we've never been to a Revolution, so fuck it, why not try it? This is like seven, eight years ago. We went to the game. I'm like, I said I had fun because I believe it was like David Beckham, Landon Donovan, and the Galaxy were playing. And Whoa. It was obviously fun to see the, super, like the LeBron James and the Kobe Bryant of the MLS were playing. But then after the game, it's like, you like it? I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be like a shit son and say I had a shitty time of the game. So I said, yeah, I liked it. Then we went one more time. I think this was like two years later. You said, Dad, this needs to stop. He's like, you like it after the game? like, Dad, can we never do this again? (laughs) But yeah, so overall, I I don't think the atmosphere is great. I don't think the soccer is great. But the one thing I did like about it after the game, I wanted to meet Charlie Joseph. So I got his autograph. I don't know if you remember him. Sure. He's one of the key components of the Revolution's losses. I believe they lost like three consecutive finals. But yeah, Revolution... I guess it's fourth on my list, but it's a horrible place to be unless you're at a Patriots game, in my opinion. Or maybe a concert, but I've never... Have you been there for a concert? I've never been to Gillette for a concert. Actually. Yes, I have. I saw Bon Jovi there. How was it? Probably packed. It was great. Bon Jovi and the Jay Giles Band. That was fun. Wow. You know Jay Giles Band? No, I know Harry Giles. Giles. My memory has just been so... Angels in the centerfold. That's the Jay Giles Band. Never uh, heard of them. I don't for, know if I'd like... For all you Jay Giles Band fans out there, That's do funny. a handstand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot. All right. On to number two. Wait, should I do number three? You did, didn't you? No. Oh, you were just telling your revolution story. That was my nominee. Um, number three for me, we're going to take you to the sunshine state of Florida. You're probably never going to guess. I don't know, like a Marlins game? No, never been up there. I went to a, I went to a Florida Panthers hockey game about five, six years ago. You walk in, actually, I, I should say you drive in, and it, it kind of looks similar to the Westgate Mall when you're going in. That's how poor it is designed. The stadium's basically inside of a mall. Florida Panthers are playing the San Jose Sharks. I was rooting for the Sharks because this guy, Burnsy, that's still on the defense on the Sharks, is a very good player. But you walk in, and you feel like you're walking into like, somewhere where people are getting ready to die. <laughs> like it was, You walk in, it's dark. It reminds me of like a mall with like a dark alley. You walk in and the hockey, there weren't even a lot of hockey fans there to begin with because that's when Florida wasn't good. Now I'm sure it's kind of packed because they're one of the better teams in the NHL, but the Florida fans weren't packing the stands. The San Jose fans weren't coming over from San Jose to pack the stands. Shocker. Me and my dad, actually, no, that, I got to stick at another game, but it was fun. We were down low below the glass. We went up high and the whole atmosphere was just crappy. It was actually a pretty good game. I believe it was a one goal game and you, you get to the game and it, there was just no atmosphere. It was dark. The food stunk. The, the weather was warm outside, and I just wanted to go back to the swimming pool and start playing tennis because it wasn't that fun. But it was, it was fun to see a, Flor- a game in Florida, but that's not their number one thing. And I mean, they don't draw in general really in Florida. If you're at the Heat game, I guess they do, but it just wasn't that fun to be there. I mean, I'd go back again if it was the Bruins. It'd probably be a little more fun. And sure. I'm sure there'd be a lot of Boston fans there. Sure. But yeah, number three for me is going to the Florida Panthers game against the Sharks. That sounds, yeah, I mean... Not not a hockey town, for sure. Um, number two for me, one that Justin is probably a little uh, familiar with, and he may, he may want to tell me I'm right or wrong, I don't know. But every time I've gone to a 
Brockton Rocks theme. Oh, I am incredibly same. disappointed with That's number two for me. I, I have no enjoyment watching the Brockton Rocks. <laughs> I almost wrote the same the thing. The fans have no enthusiasm for the game. The seats are barely filled. I got nothing for that team. Bring back Bill Murray. Yeah. Uh, yeah, before like 10, to 10 years ago when they were actually technically professional guys, they actually got a crowd. But number two for me, I wrote Brockton Rocks games with no fireworks. Because when you get fireworks, you get all the kids, and actually they kind of they almost sell them out because after the game you have to wait for the game, obviously because the fireworks don't happen until after the game. But Brockton Rocks games with no fireworks, the crowds stink. I was actually I was broadcasting over there for a couple of years, and the players could hear us broadcasting. That's how that's how many fans were in the stands. I mean sometimes they know I, your name. Sometimes I was talking so loud. I'm like I'm probably talking too loud. They're gonna be able to like, maybe be distracted because the fan there's no <laughs> fans there. I mean during COVID obviously there were no fans either way, but even before COVID. The fans showed no support. First of all, I hate to be rude about Brockton, but it's not the best area. You're right next to the Brockton Fairgrounds, and you walk That's in. That's a you, murder capital. You don't know if you're going to be safe when you, you're five minutes away from the stadium in the car if you're going to get there in the first place. I mean, and then you walk in. Nobody's there. You, you can get anyone's autograph you want. You can walk up to the broadcast booth, and they got to do a better job. The, the stadium's become a shithole. The Shaw Center is downhill, down, way downhill than it ever was. And I think maybe they should think about knocking the whole place down. Wow. You know they won't do that, though, because they don't have enough sales to build a new one. Yeah, they would never do it. But I think they should, I don't know, make it like a motor speedway or something. I don't know what they should do. Oh, my God. I can't believe you just said that. What? Is that number one? Are we moving on to number one? Yeah, so Brockton Rocks games with no fireworks. I can't believe you just said that. My number one least, (laughs) what is this, worst atmosphere to be at? Is the New Hampshire Motor Speedway. You went to that? Yes. I've drove past it. Before. Oh my god, it was so bad. Oh man. And I'm not I'm what, not no a fans NAS- I'm not a NASCAR fan, so it That's doesn't fine. help. But you can't there's no cheering. Like the nobody cares if on the on the 50th lap you you clapped or not when they yeah, when they turn the corner. It's just a bunch of people sitting and having their own conversations, eating hot dogs and and waiting for a crash. That's literally what you, what happens. So, the hot dogs good at least? No. No, everything sucked. My my cheese fries were cold. I my ice cream was hot. I don't know what to tell you. That's fine. It was it was a bad experience. I think I stepped in a puddle go? on my way there and I my shoe got wet. There was no, there was nothing enjoyable about this about this experience. Were there good people Who to did be I around? go with? My dad and and a friend and his dad and I wish, we too. I wish we didn't go. Yeah, oh my god, it sucked. If I'm going up there, I'm staying there, It was so loud and not because people were, like, cheering. It was just, like, all you could hear was cars. Did your dad time. know about this? That you didn't like it? Oh, yeah, we left early. <laughs> it, it was bad. It was. It sucked. It was, it was a terrible experience. Yeah, I would never go, so... I mean, I wouldn't know. New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Number one, it's a team I like. It's my favorite college team, but unfortunately, the fans are horrible. Me and my dad might be the biggest super fans there. Well, I wrote Boston College BC basketball games in general besides the Duke games because they sell out the Duke games, but it's Duke. And especially this year with Coach K's farewell tour, they sold it out. But if you go to a BC game and they're not playing Duke, I don't care if it's North Carolina, Florida State, an ACC team, or they're just going to play Holy Cross. The fans are horrible. They've never had any support. Actually, let me step back. Throwback to the Jared Dudley and the Sean Marshall and Craig Smith days. They used to draw fans. But this team hasn't been in the tournament in over 13 years. I understand why you don't want to go see them. But still, they're in the ACC. 
They're still playing Duke, North Carolina, Florida State, Miami, good teams. I guarantee you, when me and my dad go tomorrow night at 9 o'clock, there will be less than 700 fans in the stands at that game. Yeah, it's 9 o'clock on a weekday. But still, you're in the ACC against a formidable opponent in Miami, and you're not drawing. And even when Reggie Jackson was there, Tyrese Rice, Olivia Hanlon, Jerome Robinson, Kai Bowman, they haven't been drawing for close to 10 years now, and it's, it's really sad. The football games aren't much better. They at least draw for the football games a little bit better because there's more people at the games. But being in the ACC basketball school, if I'm BC, I think it was a completely, completely really wrong mistake that they moved from the Big East to the ACC. Very bad. Way more rivalries when they're in the Big East with Syracuse, UConn, Providence. I'd way rather have them in the Big East than the ACC. It really makes no sense. They wouldn't be a tournament team either way. No. The Big East is incredible. They might not be a tournament team if they're in the Ivy League. Princeton's pretty good. They probably wouldn't be. I mean, they – I mean – no, because they'd have to win the, the tournament. Yeah. They probably wouldn't. But yeah, going to a BC basketball game, the food is very good. They do the half deals before the games, but I was there last week, and it, it's just horrible. You'll get to know a lot of the fans if you go. <laughs> probably be at your wedding. You'll get to know them so well. But yeah, BC basketball games, they have a lot of work to improve. They really do. What's up, Matt Doran? Thanks for joining. All right, so moving on to the... I said five for this one because I'm sure there's more atmospheres we like than we didn't. Sure. But... Let's get to it. So number five, top five atmospheres in sports we have been to and liked, not been to and saw on TV and liked. What do you like? I didn't pick anything I watched on TV. No, me neither. Um, Did I? No. My number five is UMass Hockey at the Mullen Center. Oh, really? I've never been to the Mullen Oh, my God. I've never been to the Mullen Center, actually. Uh, It it holds like 5,000 people. Yeah, I've never been to a, Um, a game there. The UMass Hockey is legit. Um, they made the Frozen Four while I was in school. Um, sorry, made the championship actually, um, and they they were fantastic. They we we got to watch playoff games. We got to watch very hard fought regular season games. It, it I'm pretty sure it filled up at like every time once they started getting actually good. And when, when it's a when it's a crowd full of college students watching their team, it's uh, it's really exciting. It's different than going to like a Providence game where I know oh, they have more people. But this is like literally the whole place. It's probably ninety percent students, and and it gets pretty lively because of it. So it's almost sold out. It was sold out. Yeah, yeah. If not sold out, then very very close. I have to go sometime. It was cool. They'd give out like cool like prizes, merch too. I got a I got the sweet UMass hat that I wear. Oh yeah, the one you wear. It's a good hat. I like that. They got that at a hockey game. Number five for me is something we just went to on Saturday, especially this season. But the Dunkin' Donuts Center has been rocking lately. It's a fun place to see a college basketball game. I know college basketball is not as, not as big down here in the East as it is in the Midwest and the South. But if you go to a game down here and you're picking what team to go to, whether it's BC, PC, Vermont, anywhere around this area, New England, go to the Dunkin' Donuts Center, see the Friars. Even when they're not good, they pack the stands. It's a fun place to see a college basketball game. As much as I don't like some of the fans there, it's a fun place to be at, especially this season, the way they're playing. I mean... The best season they've had in a long time makes the atmosphere better this year. But even, like I said, when they're not good, it's a good place to be. Yeah, it was, this yeah, it was a ton of fun. It was awesome. I mean, I was rooting for Providence. Yeah. Um, and it was cool to be a part of the crowd. So I, I was still a part of the crowd, just not on that side. But yeah, it's a, it's a fun place to be at. So go see a PC game. Excuse I hear me. the hockey games are fun as well. Yeah. So number four. Yeah. Number four for me. A little, a little rivalry. I'm going home for all these. I'm, I'm going Red to Sox, Yankees, Fenway Park. Oh, my God. I mean, I haven't seen too many of those matchups. I think I've seen, like, two. But it's great. it's great when it happens, and it's great when it's a tight game. I remember we went 
the the Sox were down like three runs, and they rallied. Oh yeah, and and oh my God, they were getting like it wasn't walk offs, but like late game runs just to take the lead, and they it, it was the the crowd could not have been more excited. Yeah, it was, I completely it was, agree. Like it, you know. It it may be like the highest height I've seen like any crowd like ever be at, um, which is amazing for me to still put it at number four. But it was, it was quite an experience. If you haven't seen the Red Sox Yankees, I mean, worth the price of admission. For crying out soft, I just did Fenway Park in general. There's nothing like it in crying baseball. Out soft. Loud in in baseball. Is that your number four? Yeah. So same page. Wow. Fenway in general, you go to Fenway. I mean, even if you're not a baseball fan, just to go there, see the historic sites. The Green Monster, sing Sweet Caroline, get up, stretch during the seventh inning, do whatever you have to do, even go to the bathroom, look at the pictures on the walls, eat some hot dogs, get some french fries and pizza. I mean, going to Fenway Park, I've been to a lot of baseball stadiums. It got to be in the top three. It might be number one. I know the seats are a little cramped, and if you're, if you're rather large, it might not be too comfortable being behind poles and stuff, but do your research before you go to the games because going to Fenway Park, Red Sox, Yankees, World Series. Look for the red seat. Even a regular, regular season game when the team's not playing too well. Fenway Park is the place to be for a baseball game. Any baseball fan, any fan in general, even if you're a librarian or something else. I mean, go to Fenway. Yeah, number four for me is basically the same as Jake. Number three for Jake. Number three for Jake, one that Justin has never seen. Um, Actually, two of my top three are things Justin has never experienced. Good times never seem so good. So, number three for me is down at Bridgestone Arena. Smashville? (laughs) Yeah. Checking out the Nashville Preds. I went to a playoff game. I think we've talked about this. Um, but, oh, my God, they for an unsuspecting hockey town, I was thrown through a loop. This <laughs> the, the fans go crazy, man. I mean, it, it was a winner-go-home situation, and they were absolutely doing anything oh, they yeah. could to contribute. And it was, it was wild. Like, every goal, every major stop, everything, everyone's eyes were glued on the ice. For the entire sixty minutes of play, it was. It they always was have great. good. I feel like they always have good fans. Even yeah, when they're not playing good. It was very good. They had PK Subban at the time, so that was sweet. We're actually kind of on the same page for this as well. We're staying in hockey. We're going to the TD Garden. I'm going to a specific two, event for two this. Of my three I've, I've named have already been hockey. That's crazy. I know. For me, it was going to the Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, I've never. I went to one Finals game. It was the Bruins Blues series? Unfortunately, it was a great game. The Bruins lost in overtime. I believe it was Game Three to go down two to one in the series. But, yeah, unfortunately, the Bruins did lose that series. But just going to the Garden, Boston, during the Stanley Cup playoffs, there's nothing like it. I mean, those fans are rowdy in Boston. For Bruins games, even more so than Celtics. I feel like the fans just get a little more drunk. It's the Bostonians in the hockey crowd. But going to a playoff game, or but going to a finals game, either way, playoff games in Boston, there's nothing else like it. I mean, this is... This is the city of champions for a reason. I know they, they call Brockton the city of champions. <laughs> yeah, right. Boston's the city of champions. Bruins finals games, nothing like a Stanley Cup game in my opinion. Yeah, well, speaking of uh, Boston playoff games, my we're headed down the alley to number two. My number two is uh, Celtics playoff games at the Garden. One in particular, Justin and I were both at, is... Uh, the Bucks game? I wasn't even thinking about that game. But that game was amazing. Yeah, so Celtics playoff games in general. The one Justin's talking about it was uh, a few years ago now. Middleton, Rozier. Middle, yeah, Middleton hit a, hit a three with .6 seconds left to force overtime. Yeah, it was a good shot. But the Celtics came back and rallied. The game I was thinking of was Tatum getting 50 against, oh. against the Nets and getting yeah. a, a huge win to, to you know make it a gentleman's sweep and not just a sweep. Getting a standing ovation, um, too. Oh, my God. He, that was 
I've never seen a player be so dominant. So I wasn't even thinking of that other game, but that other game was amazing. Yeah, Celtics um, are fun to be at. The Celtics playoff games are incredible. I've only been to one that was boring, and it was against the Pacers. Yeah. We won... We, I think we only won by, like, three or four, but it was, like... Seen more. I think the Celtics scored 75 points and won the game. Yeah, it was a low It was the lowest-scoring game I've ever seen in my entire life. Number two for me, I've only been to one Patriots playoff game, but when I was there, I mean, there's nothing like football playoffs. It's single elimination. Patriot, and the one game I went to happened to be one of the better games in the last decade, in my opinion, at Gillette Stadium. Ravens-Patriots divisional round, the year that the Patriots beat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Patriots came back from down 14 two times. Julian Edelman went back, threw it to Amendola in the end zone. I mean, this game was incredible. And then with five minutes left, Brady threw the game-winning touchdown. I believe it was to Brandon Lloyd in the back of the end zone. Brandon Lloyd. Oh, no, it was to Brandon LaFell, one of the L's. But, yeah, it was a great game. But just JoJo? Yeah, JoJo, yeah. But being at Gillette in general, not a revolution game. Being at a Patriots game. Not a a J-Giles band. It's a one-game elimination, and you're there, especially with Tom Brady being the quarterback, the greatest of all time. That makes it a little bit better, too, but... They're coming down from 14 twice against a very good Baltimore Ravens team that the Patriots usually had their number. But being at, it was negative three degrees too, by the way. Good thing we had club seats. How would you enjoy that? To watch it from inside and outside. But it didn't, I was wearing so much shit. I was drinking. No, I, I don't think I was even 21. I was thinking of drinking. I was watching the game. And it was just being in that moment, especially in a cold game like that, made it better. But yeah, freezing my ass off. I, yeah, I wish. I've never been to a Patriots playoff game. So Next year, let's do it. You got me there. Yeah, sure. We're so, making it. So number one, well, Jake basically just mentioned it, but I said being at the Garden, but this game in specific, Jake didn't get to go. I believe I went with Connor Howe. We were sitting in the middle. I think Jake couldn't go for something. I forget what happened. But Celtics-Wizards, Game 7. There's nothing yeah, like I being in the know. Garden for a Game 7. This was the Kelly... Yeah, you're talking about the Clinic game. This was the Kelly Olenek Clinic special game. He scored, over, I think he had 31 points. I think he had 27. He buried the Wizards. This was a great game. Back and I forth the whole way. But just being at the Garden for a Game 7, I don't care if it was the first round or not. I think it was the second round. Did he have 27? Bradley it was the Beal. Second round. First off, it was the second round. Yeah, it was the second round. And I'm pretty sure he had 27. 27 exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Clinic showed up and he went off. Rogier went off. I mean, this is a great game. Wall and Beal back and forth. I believe Bradley Beal had over 30. But Jake, you never been to a game seven, have you? Yes, I have. Really for hockey? Milwaukee Bucks. Oh yeah, that was game seven. But this, this no, no, the one, the one with Middleton was game one. Yeah, we went to we went to game seven as well. But that game was incredible. I mean, Celtics Wizards. He had twenty six. Oh, you were close. And it had twenty nine. That was in twenty seventeen. Game seven is number one for me. Got to get to a game seven. Yeah, game sevens are sweet. And what's your? Do you say number one? I haven't yet. What is it? Number one for me. Going back. Going back in time. Going back to something Justin has already mentioned a little bit, but not this, not this atmosphere in particular. College basketball. Mm-hmm. I had the honor to go down to Chapel Hill and experience a game on their home floor. Yeah, that, that's and a great it was, it was one of the most amazing sports experiences I've ever had. I bet it fuck you, I mean I bet it was. You you're in the, you're in the crowd. First off, it holds over 20 it holds like 22,000 people. So it's larger than a lot of NBA arenas. Larger than life. Um and you 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 look down on this court and you you feel like you're like in, uh, in another another planet. Another area. Coming. And then you look up and there are about 20 jerseys up there. That are all like Hall of Fame players. Oh, I guess more, but yeah. Um, 
It is. It so is beautiful. That's a bucket list item. For it me. is beautiful. It is. Everything is a crisp sky blue. And it wasn't even an ACC it, game. No, and it was. It was beautiful. That and it to, to boot, they they played William and Mary, who not a great team by anyone's measure, but they had. Nearly a twenty point lead. They may have had over a twenty point lead in this game, and UNC came all the way back and the won the game. It was, it was insane to watch that happen. First of all, Justin Lee but, Miller. Oh How do you my, know my middle name? Oh my god, the, this atmosphere was was Oof. next level. You had students. You had the student section. You had alumni guys who were in their seventies, eighties, wearing their UNC. Yeah, you're down south. You get all the old like, guys. Every these guys were all like UNC though. They like everyone. It was amazing. It was the coolest thing ever. I would love to go back at some point. It's awesome. I'd say the three things, the three events I want to go to definitely Super Bowl, Final Four, and I want to I want to be with a Cameron Crazies at Cameron Indoor Stadium and see a Duke game too. That would be sick. But um, oh yeah, Courtney, she's five minutes from here. Forgot about that. Can you hear us? Are we loud? The windows are open. We might be so loud that the whole town of Wayman. No, Wayman's pretty big. I forgot. We're not in Easton anymore. All right, yeah, so I agree with you, Jake. I mean, I haven't been there, but I see it on TV. That shit's amazing. All right, let's get to March. Well, actually, happy March, by the way. I forgot to, Thanks. Happy March. Forgot to wish you all a happy March. But it's happy March. Happy March of the Penguins. So we got to give these people some March Madness talk. I mean, there's college games going on right now. There's games going on throughout March, a couple in April. Sure. But, Jake, I said to you today, since it is March, since it's March 1st, we don't need to get in detail about every single let's one. Let's get into it. We'll quickly mention who we think has a shot to actually win a championship. We'll do that at the end. At the end? Oh, you want to do it right now? Get it done. Get it done. Okay. I got, I got, what do you say? You have 11 or 10? I have 10 teams that have what I feel is a... We might spoil well, this for someone. Well, I have seven teams that I feel are Final at board. the top looking at real contention. And then I have three teams that I wouldn't be surprised if they got there Damn. too. Because I, I think these three teams have the potential to, to have that as their ceiling. But their their more likelihood is is not that high. I got um I got twelve, so I'm not doing the likelihood, the non likelihood, the if you had a one. Come on, you got to say one of these teams has a better chance than another. I don't want. What if there's some people listening here that could win the March Madness pool because of a, a comment? What do you want me to do? Not name my teams? No, I'm naming my teams, but you're not going to know what I think of them. Well, maybe. I mean, from prior shows. Fine, then I will quickly rattle them off. In alphabetical order, that'd be t- all right. So twelve. You know what? Actually, if you got the same one as me, say got it. Okay. All right, so, I mean, most of these are probably going to be the same. I'm going to say at least eight of these you also have. All right, so. Of my ten. I'll go with the ones I think you have. So, Gonzaga? Yes. You got Duke? Yes. That's two. You have Arizona? Yes. You have Kentucky? Yes. Um, wait, let me see that real quick. I don't want to name the team. Just in case. So, you, I said them, I said them, I said them, I said them. You got Auburn? No. Wow. All right, so I guess not. So that's five. You have Kansas? Yes. That's six. You have Baylor? Yes. That's seven. You have Purdue? No. Damn, he's off the Purdue bandwagon. I'm very off the Purdue bandwagon. And the last one I think you're going to have is Illinois. No. Damn, wait, so what did I say so far? Was that nine? So it's Illinois, Purdue, Baylor, Kansas, Auburn. The The two you've said that I don't have are... There's Purdue, three, right? Yeah, Auburn, Purdue, and Illinois. I don't think any of those three are winning. So that's my nine. And then my other three I have are Villanova. I have them. Wow, I think. So that's ten. They are, that, 
They were my seventh team of the of the seven. I think have a legit chance. And then I don't think you have these other two. UCLA eleven. Nope. And Arkansas twelve. Nope. So I have three more. These teams. So he named my seven that Arkansas was a late ad. Yeah, I thought about Arkansas, but I didn't do it. Um, so he named my seven that I think are are my top seven. Um, you know, chances of getting to this uh, to the big game. Now I have three more that I think have the potential to to reach that. I think their ceiling is that high, but they get the right draw. I think the the more likelihood is yeah, it's a better draw. It's um a better region. Yeah, better region. Maybe somebody gets upset somewhere along the way and they get a they get a good path, or they just are playing their absolute best basketball. But it's harder for them to do so than these other teams, or these other teams don't need to play at such a high level compared to the, these three to to get to this game. So, one of those for me is Tennessee. I knew you'd have Tennessee. I think most teams that have good guard talent have a good chance, and they have two great guards. So, I got Tennessee. Another team, only four losses on the year. Um, dealt with some injuries, which is the reason I think they're more of a dark horse than, a, than a legit contender. Yeah, it's Houston. Um, but Houston's been playing great, and I think they can beat just about anybody. Yeah, they're playing really good. Then, another team that... Decides they only want to play offense. They're they're not a defensive team, but if they were to step it up defensively, I think this team could beat anybody. They have pretty much beaten, they've beaten the best teams they've had to play, um, and that's Alabama. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was thinking about them too. Alabama is very interesting. They they're the Jekyll and Hyde of college yeah, they're, they're totally they're really streaky. But if they go on the right streak, obviously they could they could be hotter than any team in college basketball. They beat Gonzaga. They beat um, oh, yeah, they did. They beat someone else too. They beat yeah, they I mean they if you beat, look at their wins two, and losses. They beat two of like the top five teams in the country. I forget who the other one is, but they beat Gonzaga. Um, then they lost to Dayton. they have like horrible losses. Yeah, so they, they can they can really go either way, but I think that a team that can I mean I'm not gonna say like St. Mary's can win, but like They beat Gonzaga. Yeah, I know, but Alabama to me has the ceiling to do so. Yeah, all right. So let's get into some players now, some guys that I did some guys we haven't talked about, some guys we have, but I said to Jake, the top five shooters we want on our side in the tournament. And I, I did teams that I think that are going to be in the tournament. So yeah, like, so did I. I, might I, be I, only, that I only picked tournament eligible players. Yeah. Locks. All right. Yeah, so they're, they're all tournament locks. I didn't do this in any specific order, but. Neither did I. Number one for me is the best shooter on Kentucky, and that's Kellen Grady. Didn't pick Transfer him. from Davidson. Obviously, Davidson's a completely different program than Kentucky. But he has not taken a step back from going to an A-10 team to an SEC team. And he's one of the main reasons why, again, Oscar Sheba is great. But Kellen Grady, if he's shooting like he's shooting and the point guards are playing like they can play, Kellen Grady, to me, is the X factor for Kentucky. Top one for me, I think, maybe the best shooter in, in college basketball. If I have it, I would say it. Jabari Smith. Didn't put him. Why? I just was thinking, I don't know. Yeah, he's a good shooter, but I just don't think of him. I think he's a fantastic shooter. I think at the next level in the NBA, he's going to be nearly a pure shooter to start his career. Yeah, if he's not playing good, I'll be out in the second round. So, yeah, I I agree. But a shooter to watch out for, for sure. He will be be making big shots, Jabari Smith. Number two for me, I went to the ACC. I I had to include a guy on Coach K's farewell tour. So I went with, in my opinion, the best shooter on the Duke Blue Devils, and that's A.J. Griffin. He's only a freshman. I, him either. I love him. A freshman. I think I don't think he's going to be better than Bonchero, but I wouldn't be surprised if he is better than Bonchero at the NBA level. That's this, insane. This guy's a pure shooter. He's right now he's projected to be a top ten pick. Duke's going to have two top ten picks, 
And A.J. Griffin is the reason why Duke's shooting has been better than it usually is in, in prior seasons. But Griffin's the best shooter on the team. Wow. Yep, I, I didn't have him on my list either. But number two for me is a guy we were talking about a little earlier. Um, maybe maybe not him, but his team. Colin Gillespie. Yeah, I was thinking about it. I didn't put him. He's a fantastic shooter. I, I, I don't know how you, you don't add him to any list of shooters. Um, there's no doubt in my mind he hits at least one huge shot in this tournament. They better not be one and tons. No way. Yeah, so Gillespie's good. I went to number three. I went down to Purdue, the Boilermakers. I took the best shooter on their team. You have him too? Nope. If I want someone making a big shot, this is one of my favorite shooters in the game. He's probably not going to be an NBA player, but Sasha Stefanovic, when he shoots it, every time I think it's going in, this guy has I an eye I, I don't. for the basket. fires the ball. Yeah, they look like his release is like J.J. Redick style. But his release is like Kyle Korver. Yeah, it's fast, it's pure, and usually it goes in, but... If he's not making shots, Purdue's in big trouble. I can't believe we, so far, are now going to be... You're three in. You're and three in, I'm two in, and we have different guys. This is the third, so what's number three? My third guy, I'm going out to uh, the far west coast, looking at Gonzaga. The far west coast. Andrew Nemhard, um, the best shooter for Gonzaga, in my opinion. Um, he's a problem. Yeah, I like him. If, if he's going, Gonzaga literally cannot be stopped. Nick Zioli, yo, what's the March Madness bracket name on ESPN? The name is, well, I'll double check, but Type I believe it's comments. March Madness is back 2022. I'll put it, yeah, Nick, I'll put it in there in one second. But I'll, um, I won't give you the password just in case we get some random clowns that want to join. But text me, DM me. JP Donahue, think this might be your first comment of all time. Congratulations and welcome to the show. Zaga, what's up, JP? You going to join the March Madness pool this year? You better. By the way, JP's an old roommate. I think you, might, I think you guys met one time. I know him. Another former colleague of mine. One time. Two times? Many. JP's a great dude. Nick, you're a great person too. Um, what the hell is next? What's number four? What about you? Oh, number four for me? Yeah, I, I didn't I'm going to go you. over to Which Illinois and uh, a guy that I really haven't seen a hotter shooter lately. We finally got one, I think. What, one the same? Yeah. Wait, let me put I'm going one. with Alfonso Plummer. Nope. No? I was going to go him, but I went with the other one. Who, Frazier? Trent Frazier. Alfonso Plummer is on another level. Like, he he has no restraint when he is shooting the ball. If he's feeling it, he fires, and it falls more often than not. I'm, I'm a huge fan. I think, you know, I, I said Illinois. There it is. I, I said I don't like Illinois for the tournament. Mainly it's because... Whenever Kofi Coburn seems to go up against other top-tier bigs, he seems to lose the battle. That's why I, I'm not a big fan of Illinois in the tournament. But if Alfonso Plummer and, and like Justin's going to say, Frazier and Curbelo are... are yeah, at, if they're on. Uh, yeah, if they're on, it really doesn't matter. Um, but I like Plummer. I think he's on another level as far as shooters go. Yeah, I think Plummer's the better shooter. But when it comes down to these end-of-game situations... The ball is usually in Trent Frazier's hands or Kofi Coburn's hands. I've seen Trent Frazier win games for Illinois this year. I've, I've seen him make some big-time shots. This guy is absolute money when it comes to shooting. Plummer's a great shooter, but Frazier, man, he, goes, he makes these shots and just falls down. I don't know if it's because down goes Frazier or whatever they want to do. But, but this guy is a friggin' money shooter. And if Illinois, if Illinois can get those two going, I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the Final Four. Not to spoil anything, but we'll see what happens. Big spoil right there. Number five for me, I went with a guy that 
it's crazy Ohio State only plays him like 15 minutes a game because his defense kind of blows, and I'm sure most of these guys' defense isn't that good. But Justin Ahearns, if Ohio State ends up going anywhere, which I don't know if they're gonna, they're playing shitty belt ball right they're now. They're ranked, I mean. Justin Ahearns is one of the best shooters in the country statistically right now. They could be like a five seed. Yeah, they could, five or six seed. But if, if he's going and if they play him, Justin Ahearns or Ahearns, however you pronounce his last name, I like his first name. But this guy's a great shooter, and he's definitely by far, I'd say he could be top three in the country. He only plays 15 to 17 minutes a game. But if he plays a lot, this guy can be something special. And I think, I think Ohio State could go far if he does. JP Donahue says, who's your unlikely pick to reach the Elite Eight? I'm going to say my unlikely pick to reach the Elite Eight right now, the Seton Hall Pirates. Oh, my God. I know. That came out of nowhere, but I had to think of someone fast. So. Really? The hey, Seton Hall Pirates. Hey, it's unlikely for a reason. That's like that's like a—they're they're, going to be a double-digit seed, like no doubt. Maybe a nine. Yeah, and Bryce, it's, hey, it's unlikely, but JP— you never know, right? You never know. That's what that's we said on, back. That's on a crazy level. That's what, that's what that we said far. senior year, JP, when these girls were coming into our dorms. We're like, you never know. You look up, you're like, what the hell is she doing here? All right, but let's get going. Or you wake up that morning, you're like, why is she next That's crazy, man. All right, so I got, I am, I'm going with my number five shooter. Or is that where we are? Shooter McGavin? Shooter McGavin. Um, yeah, five. OG Abaji. <laughs> OG Ananobi. Yeah, OG Abaji. He better get going right now. Yeah, I mean, we're if we're talking about shooters, you got to talk Shit. about the guy that drops like twenty five points a game, um, and is is just a lights out freak of nature 